Hello everyone and welcome to another installment of Podcast 360, your go-to resource for medical news and clinical updates. I'm your moderator, Amanda Balby with Consultant 360. Our guest today is Dr. Christian Sandrock, who is a pulmonary critical care and infectious disease physician and professor of medicine at the University of California, Davis in Sacramento, California. Today he joins us to share his thoughts on the burden of community-acquired bacterial pneumonia, or CABP, in the United States. CABP is the most common infectious cause of death in the United States. Can you talk more about the burden of CABP on morbidity and mortality in the United States? Yeah, so community-acquired bacterial pneumonia, and you know, if we even just talk about community-acquired pneumonia in general, which has some viral components, they sort of go hand in hand, and um, they really obviously create a moderately high morbidity and mortality in the U.S. Now, um, in relative terms, their morbidity tends to outweigh their mortality, and what I mean by that is, you know, obviously, um, the most common cause of infectious death is pneumonia, both viral and bacterial we see that the, you know, obviously it's probably number six or seven or eight, depending on the year overall of causes of death. But then when you look at things uh, such as morbidity, um, deconditioning, rehospitalization, slash readmissions, um, nursing home um, stays, that's where, you know, the morbidity portion is relatively high. So, and it's really, it's not totally isolated to the older population, but it certainly plays a bigger role in the older population. So we always had this phrase when I was a fellow, which is, you know, if someone lives long enough, they're going to eventually die of pneumococcus, which essentially means that, you know, that risk factor of as you continue to get older, the likelihood of you getting, you know, bacterial pneumonia just continues to rise to the point where it's otherwise inevitable. So we certainly see that morbidity and mortality play a role, particularly in older individuals. But as we've obviously learned with COVID-19 and other things, it's, it's playing an active role in our middle and younger adults as well now. For U.S. adults, pneumonia is the second most common cause of hospital admissions after women giving birth. What is the overall burden of CABP on the U.S. health system? Yeah, so it obviously it plays a really big role of admission, and we can talk about that um, in a in a second as well. But uh, you know, its its burden is obviously relatively high now. Before the COVID pandemic, many U.S. health systems were already on the edge of having issues with space and and um, ability to manage all of their patients. That has obviously been exacerbated by the pandemic. So, um, you know, that having that burden where you have patients getting admitted with community-acquired pneumonia when they otherwise may not need to be admitted, then that takes away an opportunity for us to provide care, um, you know, maybe orthopedic care for uh, hip fracture. It might actually mean, um, you know, cancer care for some of our patients. So I think that burden is number one, financial. And, you know, you obviously have a lot of patients coming in with community-acquired pneumonia. They often outstay what is what we would call their financial limit of, um, you know, where we would, um, you know, obviously be able to take care of them. So it, it burdens hospitals financially. It certainly, and I think more importantly, burdens hospitals and communities where you now don't have an overall bed available. So, um, you know, the cost is obviously in the tens of billions of dollars. And, um, you know, then the excess cost of prolonged hospitalizations or inability to provide care for a non-community-acquired bacterial pneumonia patient, that's sort of immeasurable, but obviously present as well. How are hospital readmission rates impacted by CABP? Yeah, so obviously, um, you know, CMS and um, a lot of the Medicare and Medicaid um, services 
um, and many other insurance um, companies and other hospital ratings really look at readmission rates and specifically readmission rates of uh, related to community-acquired pneumonia, and in this case, community-acquired bacterial pneumonia. So, um, you know, those readmission rates obviously tend to be um, relatively high among that group. It's a bit higher if you have somebody with coexisting, you know, um, underlying lung disease or heart disease, such as, for example, COPD. So those readmission rates are obviously much more impacted by age and comorbidities, but they are relatively high overall. And there's multiple factors that sort of go into that uh, impact of readmission. It might be antimicrobial choices at the time of discharge. It might be length of antimicrobial choices. As I mentioned, comorbidities like COPD, heart disease. It might be age-related uh, impacts as well, underlying other structural lung diseases. They all sort of play a role. And then most importantly is just the social support network. So patients with community-acquired pneumonia who maybe don't have the social support, they otherwise can't get up move around, they don't have the mobility they need, they're not getting the care they need at home, that also obviously reaffects the admission rates as well. How does this all affect the financial cost of CABP? Yeah, so the overall cost of community-acquired bacterial pneumonia um, and, you know, viral, just community-acquired pneumonia in general um, is exceedingly high. As we sort of talked about it, it's in, you know, the tens of billions of dollars. But there's really a big immeasurable component um, that's hard to, to quantitate as well. When you look at, you know, admission from CAP, it's, you know, the second most common cause of hospital admissions on average, the seventh or eighth most common cause of death. You know, those are very high numbers. But again, as we mentioned, these are sometimes admissions that may not need to happen if preventative care or good options were there. It, if they do happen, you may be able to shorten those length of admissions. So um, by, you know, obviously by having a longer length of stay, by having an admission, it limits our ability to provide care for other people in the community. And that financial cost is a little bit harder to measure, but is really also, um, you know, pretty, pretty impactful. Um, there is a financial cost to the patient as well. So, you know, if it takes longer for you to recover from your pneumonia, if you're admitted for your pneumonia, that's time you're away from work, that's time you're away from school, whatever it may be. So there is that financial cost to the patient as well. It's not just, you know, days you're in the hospital, it's, um, you know, time being out of work and time unable to provide what you need for yourself and your family. And in your opinion, how can these challenges be overcome? Yeah, so that's a great question. You know, how how can these challenges of the financial and uh, and morbidity, mortality burdens of uh, community acquired pneumonia be overcome? So there's a couple different ways. Um, you know, one is uh, doing your best to sort of standardize care. Many of us as physicians are are and healthcare providers are always leery about the word guidelines. But, you know, providing at least a standard of what our expectations are, um, you know, for my antimicrobial management, for post-diagnosis management, um, and then most importantly for prevention, you know, still the best way to, to manage this is to not get community-acquired bacterial pneumonia. So um, aggressive vaccination to prevent, um, you know, invasive disease. And obviously pneumococcal vaccines don't cover every strain of pneumococcus that we see, uh, but it certainly is going to help reduce that burden overall by vaccination. That's certainly one way. Number two is that early diagnosis and recognition. Um, so again, making sure that those patients have access to healthcare, if they can get early intervention before they actually arrive at the hospital and the healthcare system, this is, uh, you know, on their first entry, this can reduce their overall costs and their complications. And and then lastly, making sure that they have both the antimicrobial therapy, 
albeit short, you know, the guidelines recommend five days, but we want to make sure that that's adequate. It's, you know, going to work best for the patient with minimal adverse um, events, and it's going to obviously um, cover the organisms. But then in that period afterwards, if they actually have what they need to prevent um, a further worsening of their community-acquired pneumonia or a recurrence, that leads to admission. So I think it's a mixture of, you know, vaccination and then standardizing how we manage these patients, both in a pre-diagnosis and post-diagnosis way with antimicrobial therapy for as short as possible um, to reduce adverse events, but then most importantly, um, you know, other preventative measures. So a beautiful example is actually pulmonary rehab. So if you look at patients admitted with exacerbations of COBD, particularly if they have a bacterial component to their exacerbation, they enter into pulmonary rehab, their likelihood of, you know, readmission is really low. And I think that's kind of an example of having a systemic approach to managing some of these patients. Great. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Sandrock. And for our listeners, we do have two other parts of this podcast to come. Stay tuned for more.